0: Welcome to the Echo Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Good to see you guys. Great, great to have you all online as well. G'day. I don't know what camera I'm looking at. Hey, hey. Um, very, very cool. All right, so let's just do it. Hey. Um, yeah, really good. Thanks, worship team. Thank you. It's just. It's just not as simple as not playing together for three months with all the stuff that they do, they're here at eight. I, I, I drove in crying at 10 past eight and there was already six cars here. Um, so it's just not that easy to, to go from nothing to perfection, which is never the goal anyway. So well done, really great, great job, great job. Um, And Lee's done a whole bunch of thank yous, so yeah, thank you for um, encouragements over the last three months, um, since August 4th, what a weird day that was, zero cases, then lockdown, then see you later three and a half months. Um, But yeah, thanks for the support, the encouragement, the prayers, um, you guys, um, leaders, volunteers, people at home. Um, It's going to be good to have everyone back in next week where we'll do some more stuff like that. Um, But yeah, so... I'll go that way. Um, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a pretty cool place, weird place, different place. Um, lots of stirring. Um, God's doing much in me. Um, it feels like it's in theme with where we're heading, which makes sense because he'll filter the vision and the direction through us because um, otherwise it won't be personal, intimate and real. Um, so that's important that as leaders... Um, We're very much involved in the process and he's working um, in us, among us and through us and then the context of the big picture is filtered out of that because he wouldn't have called us here unless we were part of the plan to lead and then gather people on the journey and do it together. Does that make sense? So even next year's vision was locked in in 2019 well, locked in, I had the thought and it had to go through a process. Um, um, and, then, and then the others theme and then the changing this term for theme to what it was originally going to be just feels good and he's all over it. And the, the echo of that, the, the proof of that for me is what he's doing in me. Because if it's not aligning, I don't want to do it. Because it's got to come out, it's got to come out like what I speak I've got to, it's got to be part of me or I'm just regurgitating, yeah. um, which is okay sometimes when we're going after something together and I'll explain that, but, but my heart is that I'm speaking about things that I'm passionate and that are happening in me and I'm just, there's a, there's a song, uh, there's an album, A Brave New World, Amanda Cook. Um, I'd recommend you get it, it's five years old I think, um, A Brave New World, buy it now, not now. Wait till after. But it's, it's incredible. And there's, it's just a beautiful album. Lyrics. She's, a, she's the lyric queen. Beautiful melodies. It's just an incredible album. And there's a, there's a lyric in it. And it says, The wind is high, but the pressure's off. The wind is high, but the pressure is off. And I, I translate that to myself and I think there is so much to do. There is, there is so much need. There is, there is so much expected. There is so much um, opportunity. There are so many obstacles. There, are, there, there is so much breakthrough required. I'm not talking about for me. I'm, I'm talking about for other people. I'm talking about for, for friends, for family, for associates, for friend of friends. There is so much need. But the pressure's off. That's for me. Yeah. The pressure's off because I know who I am in Him. I know my anchor. Because of that, I can do this. Yeah. The list of promises and prophecies and, and truth that I'm responding out of. It is now my firm foundation, so I respond accordingly. I love that. But the wind is high, the pressure's off. And, I, and, and, and God's doing something in my heart, like a, a deep work in my heart because there's never been more need. There's never been more breakthrough needed for for my friends. For for those that don't know Jesus. For the I've, I feel like a veil has been lifted. It wasn't a bad veil, it's just a new season. So whenever God wants to remove things from us so that we can see things that we didn't previously see, it's never harsh or mean. It's to take us up. It's to take us forward. It's to take us into something different. Things are only hidden so they can be revealed. Sometimes he hides things from us for us. Sometimes he hides things from us for us. Because we're on a journey with him and he reveals bit by bit. If we knew the whole story now, it would crush us. But I tell you what, I've never felt more need. Everyone I bump into is in great need. It's non-stop. The ministering, the encouraging, it's now non-stop. It's getting to every day, which is the goal of us and you. All of us, every day, we just minister to people. But I've never experienced such the weight, I suppose, is the word. I've never experienced such a weight of the need. The the desperate need of people, the the, the pain, the stuff that they're going through. Even on the way to church, I had this strange, I've never had this thought before. I felt almost, um, what was the feeling? It was weird. I felt, I was driving on the freeway and I felt, I'll just that's use the word good. bad. That's, not, that's, a, that's the wrong word. I felt bad that I was going to church with all the need. Um, and the context was that I want, I want everyone to know him. Yeah. I want everyone to know this hope. I want everyone to know what I know. I want everyone to experience what I've experienced. And there was this weird, like, it wasn't a, we shouldn't be at church, we should be at church. Anyway. It wasn't that. Like, I get that. That's the joke around the evangelist. Like, why are we here? We should be out there. And I'm like, yeah, we, the pastors are like, no, we need to be here. And then we can go out. So they all work together. But, yeah, it was just this weird thing. And I'm being stirred, like greatly stirred with the need. Like situations that I can't even say, that it's popping up every second day. People that I'm finding out have like cancer. Um, another just random stuff, I bump into someone and then I said, how are they? And they said, not good at all. M- message them and say, hey, just found out that um, your mum's this. I'm praying, can I come and pray for her? And they're just losing it saying, thank you so much. And it's just nonstop. The need is so great. But what's happening at the same time is that the necessity of Jesus has risen to new levels. The the fact that He's the answer has risen to new levels. The the supremacy, the, the fact that He is the way, the truth and the life, and not to move on and become familiar with those Scriptures, but Man, it's just impacting me more and more. I'm becoming more aware of the responsibility that I have. I'm becoming more aware of the reason that I'm born. I'm becoming more aware of the assignment that Jesus has given me. And I'm becoming more aware that He is the answer for everything. Man. Man. It's Jesus. And it's weird to say that because, of course, it is. But we've got to be reminded. Reminded. We've got to go on a, a journey again to check in, to, to refocus. Who said that the other week? All the res, someone. Mitch did. Recalibrate, refocus, realign, recalibrate. We've got to, we've got to do it. We've got to check in again because the need is so much and you're not the answer. He's the answer through you. Yeah, so, yeah. You are a massive part of the answer. But He's doing it through you. Yes, so. so back to Jesus. I want to read a story. It's found in Matthew 16. Jesus took the disciples. There was already miracles and teaching and just kindness and grace being released everywhere He went because that's who He is. So much teaching, so much awe, so many crowds following him. The name of Jesus spread everywhere throughout all the regions. Religious leaders were getting upset because they were the ones that were meant to usher him in. But familiarity and tradition and religion prevented them from seeing the Jesus, the Christ, the son of living God, that he was and is and is to come. And that he, he took them to a place, Caesarea Philippi. It was it was it was interesting that he took them there because it was uh, it was the most demonic area, I suppose, in the land. It was where they worshipped the god Pan. They sacrificed. Hello, Bella. Um, they sacrificed people that weren't as tall as me um and uh, that's not actually that hard is it um they they did some crazy stuff you can you could look it up for yourselves the god pan what they did the sacrifices the debauchery the sadistic satanic activities that were no good and jesus happened to take them There's a physical place called the gates of hell you can go there it's on the tour of the holy land It's there, it's a big cave, and that's where they did the stuff. And Jesus, who came to 1 John 3, 8, destroy the works of the enemy and did a great job of that, P.S., did a great job, complete job, P.S. Not everyone's accepted that great job, and they're susceptible to his attacks, but we're not, because he's disarmed, defeated, and disempowered. And the only agreement, the only power that he has in us is through agreement. That's it, agreement, that's it. Would go there, but we're not, we're back here. So that he begins to teach. Actually, he doesn't begin to teach, he, he asks a great question. He said, Hey guys, and they're aware of where they're standing because the wind is high. Yeah, the wind is high. He took them to this place on purpose because the wind is high. But I'm going to take you on a journey and ask you a question because the pressure's off. And the pressure's only off if you answer the question correctly, the pressure's on if you can't answer this question. So who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? He asked them all. And they began saying, some say they're not owning it. They're not owning it. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah back from the dead love this about Jesus. He's like, some say. who do you say that I am? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And how many answered? One. one. Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Christ anointed one, Son of God, differentiating between all other gods. Christ, Son of God. This is the big difference between those that say they believe in Jesus and, yes, Christianity. Christ, the anointed one, Son of the living God, Son of God. When Jesus asks a question, it's a really important question. We ask questions and some are important, some not, and we filter that through and yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Jesus asks a specific question and we see it in the text and he did it in person in this scenario when the wind is high, it's a big deal. Yeah. But who do you say that I am? I oh, know some say, some say, some say, but who do you say that I am? And Peter pipes up and says it. And he says, oh, yeah, we can put it up. Um, go into verse um, 17. Um, that would be great. Um, Jesus replied, uh, 16, Simon, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed. That Greek word is to be envied, happy and to be envied. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say that you are Peter which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Verse 19, special key for us as a church. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Jesus wasn't insecure. He wasn't insecure. He was asking the question for them. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Why does it matter? Because there's right and wrong conclusions. There's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. He knew who he was, but it mattered to him who they thought he was because he was building something. He was building something. So this question was pivotal. It was foundational. It was at the bottom. It was the most important question that they could answer before they continued on to build upon. Peter was the apostle, the first leader of the early church. And it was said that it was built on him, but it's more true that it was built on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. There's two words at play there, Petra and Petrus, rock, rock, rock. Revelation, rock, Peter, rock, strong. Simon meant little pebble, little stone, but Peter meant rock. And there's a play on words there, and we can't even have time for that one. It's not even in the notes. But everything Jesus said or did was about others, and he is fully aware that he is the beginning and the end. He is the foundation of life and for life, and that everything is built upon him. Acts 4.10, when the disciples, the the apostles were before the Sadducees, after the crippled beggar got healed in Acts 3. In Acts 4, 10, they said there's no other foundation which um, can be laid and no other one can be saved through Je- unless it's Jesus. And they're announcing that before they're given uh, a testimony. It, it, he is the answer. Yep. And this is the number one answer. And I want to ask the question, who is He to you? Who is He to you? Who is Jesus to you? So, or, or Echo Church says, we say, my friend says, they say, the commentary says, Bill Johnson says, no, no, who is he to you? Yeah. There's a beautiful invitation for you. Who is he to you? Right. Who do you say that he is? Because it's the most important question. Yeah. And you know how many answers there are? There's over 100 answers. Because the Bible's amazing and there's Old Testament words for him, prophetic words, wonderful counsellor, prince of peace, everlasting father. There's hundreds of names for Jesus. I'd say this is number one, that we build all the other ones on. But who is he to you? Can we rattle off a few and you get wrecked by God? You ready? Ready? So I just, just put yourselves here and at home, just in, I want to get wrecked by the names of Jesus mode. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah? yeah? So if you've got to put your hands out, if you've got to lie down, if you've got to lie on the floor, you know, if you've got to lie on something, no, don't lie on anyone. But just position. Loosen up. <laughs> here we go. You ready? Here's a few names of who this Jesus is. Christ, Messiah, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, the Mediator, Emmanuel, Lord. Something's going to highlight to you and pierce really special, really deeply. Lord, Mighty God, Son of Man, Son of God, Eternal Father, the Lamb of God, the Angel of the Lord, the Angel of God, the Word, the Great I Am, the Light of the World, the Image of God, Wisdom, the power of God, the messenger, the man. Whoa. The King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Child, the Apostle, the High Priest, the Prophet, the Truth, the Life, the Way, the Great Prophet, the Carpenter, the Man of Sorrows, Saviour, the Saviour of the World, Anointed, the Great Healer, Shepherd, the Good Shepherd, the Shepherd of Israel, the Root of Jesse, the Root of David, the Branch, the Vine, the Tree of Life, the Bread of Life, the Living Bread, the Light, the Light of the Word, the Hidden Manner, the Rock, the Foundation, the cornerstone, the living stone, the elect stone, the creator, the holy one, the priest, the great high priest, the interpreter, the intercessor, the advocate, gift of God, the blessed, the blessed one, the faithful and true, the faithful witness, the amen, the firstborn, the firstborn over all creation, the most high, the Alpha, the Omega, the resurrection, the last Adam, the captain of the host of the Lord, the captain of salvation, Almighty God, commander, ruler, governor, the deliverer, the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the sign of the people, the shield, the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of the The peace, the Lord of all, the Prince of Life, the Prince of the kings of the earth, the Judge, the righteous Judge, the King of righteousness, the King of Israel, the King of peace, the King of glory, the Arm of the Lord, the Door, Elect of God, Head of the Church, Holy Child, Holy One, I am King of the ages, King of the saints, Lawgiver, Morning Star, Our Passover, Prince of Life, Redeemer, Seed of the Woman, Bishop of Souls, Son of the Blessed, Son of righteousness, the Witness, Word of God, Son of God, Son of Living God firstborn over every creature, the son of the father, his only begotten son, the son of the blessed, son of the highest. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? You've got a great list to pick from. What does he mean to you? Who is he to you? But it doesn't just stop there. The power and the key of this Verse is that Jesus made a really big deal about Peter's answer. The question was critical and important for where Jesus was taking Peter in the light of all eternity. But Jesus then made a massive deal of the answer. He said, Blessed are you, Peter, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. In heaven. And it's on this rock, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. I'm going to build my church because the church is about Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, Blessed are you. Peter received a revelation. Peter received a revelation. Peter received a revelation before it was legal for him to receive a revelation. Peter received the revelation. Jesus made a big deal that he received the revelation before it was normal for that kind of stuff to happen. Now it's every day. My sheep hear my voice. God speaks all the time, every day. We go through seasons that he'll speak in a different way, that we were just thinking he'd speak through the word, but he didn't. He's always speaking. When we think he's not speaking, he's just speaking in a different way that we've got to learn. That's why we have mothers and fathers around us. Hey, try this because he's always speaking. God's not speaking to me this season. No, no, that's not true. That's a lie that we believe. (laughs) I don't mean to say it like patronizingly, um, but it's just true. He's always speaking. He's the word. He's just speaking in a different way because he doesn't always speak through everything all at the same time because he wants to grow us, teach us. Isn't that cool? So Jesus made a massive deal of the point. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this. So the key word here is the revealing. Reveal, reveal, revelation. You've received a revelation. Don't we love this word, church? Had any revelations lately? I had a good revelation the other day. Can I share it with you? Clause, love revelation. But boy, don't we love this word, church. Got any good revelations lately? Hey, can I share a revelation I, I had the, last week? Can I share it with you? It's, it's a heavy revy. <laughs> love revelations. We do this. We take words And we elevate them into the stratosphere and we think that we camp there and we stay there. And this is one of those words that I love and is really important, but my concern is that we actually make an idol of the Word and don't understand the intention of the Word and the heart of God when it comes to Revelation. Peter received a revelation that elevated him to a place because he saw who Jesus really was. And God wants to do the same for us. You're getting quiet. Amen? apocalypsis, is the word revelation and it means an unveiling, an uncovering, a revealing, a disclosing to make known that which was previously unknown. It means an unveiling. So before that moment, I don't know when it happened, that it clicked for Peter, the the illumination of the heart, the eyes of the heart would be enlightened. Paul prays in Ephesians 1, 17 to 19, so that you can see, so that you can understand the hope of your call. So that you can see that which was previously hidden when you were Simon. So he's taking him on a journey into... Levels of understanding. Revelation, an uncovering, a revealing to make known that which was previously unknown. Revelation is highlighting something. Revelation is illuminating something. Revelation is God's response to hunger. Thanks. Revelation is part of God's grace that enables... Revelation was critical for Peter. Revelation's critical for us. How's this line? And we're going to move into this. Revelation that does not lead to an encounter and an experience with Jesus will lead to familiarity. So we make Revelation the goal and it's not the goal. We turn revelation into the thing. Have you got a revelation? Where's your revelation? Show me your revelation. I want to share revelation with you. And it's all about the revelation. I got a revelation. My email address when I first got born again, and it still is, I don't use it. Get a revelation. Get a revelation at hotmail.com. So it was all about revelation. Read the Bible, get a revelation. Woo! Got a revelation. I'm like, cool. But if. Revelation does not lead to an encounter. Wow. It turns to religion and familiarity. So and then we go on and on and on. And I go, got all these revelations, but nothing's happened. Wow. So then when it happens again, we look at it and we go, oh, yeah, I know all about healing. And we nod and clap. But it's not real or we're not experiencing it. So who is he to you? Who is he to you? And you might say, saviour, healer, comforter, word, bread of life, salt, light. Have you experienced him like that? Because everyone, I read out 133 names. Every one of those, the, the design, the intention, the heart, the purpose, the goal, the plan, for you is to experience Jesus, experience Jesus as that. Who do you say that I am? Oh, flesh and blood has not uh, revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. I've made known something to you, Peter, that was previously unknown. That's why everyone else said, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, Elijah. But something dropped in you because of your hunger, because of your humility. The world says that you're a mess, but I know who you are. So revelation that does not lead to an encounter and an experience with Jesus leads to familiarity. Familiarity, ooh, I don't want to go into it, but it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst. It's one of the most wicked things on the planet. And there's a flip side to it, which is really healthy that you know someone. And there's this beautiful connection and, and safety. And, but the flip side, the negative side, the perversion side is that I've seen that, done that. Yeah, I know all about it. And we see it really clearly in Luke 4. We see see this whole thing play out in Luke 4. This whole revelation is meant to lead to an encounter thing in Luke 4. Stay with me. The ones that were meant to usher in Jesus, the religious leaders, the, the church, the Pharisees, they were meant to be a part of it. We're in the synagogue when Jesus got up and started saying, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to open up the eyes of the blind, to set the captives free. Thanks, can you open it up? That's great. And as He was announcing who He was, as He's announcing, Jesus is announcing who He is. Those teachers of the law were up the back And it's gonna be too difficult. Thanks so much. Those those teachers of the law, the religious leaders were up the back, and something started to happen because grace was being released, kindness was being released. How do we know that? It said that they marveled at the gracious, the grace filled words that were flowing from his lips. That Jesus' words are life and spirit. He wasn't just teaching texts, he was imparting. He's imparting life and he's imparting who he is. Paul said, the grace given to me, we're releasing and imparting not just not, not just what I have, but our lives, the Bible says. And Jesus was imparting his lives and they were, they were feeling God. They were feeling and experiencing and encountering God. They'd, they'd stepped in. There was a revelation. There was a revelation that what he was saying was true. That, oh, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you. All these miracles that just happened the last two weeks, all this stuff's flushing in. And what he's saying is making sense. That oh, What I saw last week, that guy got healed, that guy got healed. And what he's saying, it's lining up. The doing and the, the preaching, it's lining up. This is sounding like some prophecies and it's all happening and the revelation is leading into an encounter. But it only just begun. And so often we're okay with just the yep, sweet, good goosies and I go home. And the revelation stops. And if we don't steward, then familiarity, we're susceptible to it. And that's why it's so important for us to steward encounters. It's so important that we don't just have revelation because revelation will turn. Whoa. We talk about information and revelation. If we don't steward, if we don't allow revelation to lead us into an encounter with the author, then it goes back to information. It loops back on itself and goes back into that, and it goes worse. It becomes we become familiar to it, which we reject. And what happened to these guys? They're getting rocked by God. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm marveling. I'm in awe at the grace-filled words that are coming from this guy's house. It's making uh, mouth. It's making sense. And then someone says, "Isn't that Joseph's son?" Encounter stopped. Information revelation started to go into encounter. It's just like, an, I'm not making up a new passage, but let an encounter do its full work. We need to let inca- an encounter do its full work, which is not just a moment at home on the couch and then we forget about it. It's not just a moment in church. The experience of God, the encounter with God is critical for where we're going. Because, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. The word know is to know by experience. Jesus said, if you're pouring over the Scriptures, thinking they give you eternal life, they point to me. What you're thinking leads you to life is not going to lead you to life. They're pointing to me, John 5.39. Isn't this Joseph's son encounter stopped? Revelation stopped and they were all about just killing this guy because they'd become familiar. They knew him, they knew him. Oh, yeah, I know that. But who is he to you? Revelation, I'll, I'll finish with this, is you want to crack open, just, let's just make some weird, awkward noise, crack open the cracker and the juice Revelation is an invitation into an encounter with God. There's an unveiling, an uncovering, a disclosing, a making known of that which was hidden for the purpose of coming close with Him, to have an encounter with Him. We are not meant to stop at the revelation. Revelation is not the encounter, it's part of it, but it's not the encounter. Revelation is not the goal. That's, I mean, for people who've been in church a long time, it could be offensive or it could just be liberating to hear that. But revelation is not the goal. An encounter with Jesus is the goal. The miracle is not the goal. They're pointing to a greater reality. An experience with Jesus because the wind is really high and it's swirling. But those that are with Him, those that spend time with Him, that embrace who He is, that know who He is to them, that know how to steward encounters, there is a purpose to revelation. Jesus said it really clearly. The purpose of your revelation is we're going to build the church. So let's stand to our feet, church.